Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set so here we have two men, Mephibosheth and Barzillai. These were both men who did not position themselves for gain from the king. They didn't look at the king and go, hmm, what can I get out of him? They were more interested in what they could give to him. They had no intention of self-gain but to give of themselves for the king. Christian, listen to me. Your king does not exist to serve you. You are here to serve him, okay? And so now that David had come back, Barzillai presented himself to the king as a loyal subject because he was glad to see his king back again. And look at how David offered Barzillai a full retirement package. (laughs) He goes, come on with me. I'll take care of you, whatever you need. Come on back to Jerusalem. But Barzillai was not able to accept it, so he did pass it on to Chimham, who was possibly Barzillai's son. 2 Samuel 19 and 40. Now the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him. And all the people of Judah escorted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Just then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king, his household, and all David's men with him across the Jordan? So all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is a close relative of ours. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we ever eaten at the king's expense, or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten shares in the king. Therefore, we also have more right to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Were we not the first to advise bringing back our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Okay, everybody's in a big fight. We have more right to the king than you do. We should get more. We're better than you. We're more invested than you. We're closer related than you. We this, we that. We're better than you. You're less than us. That's just the same old argument that goes on today. I'm better than you are. You're less than me. I'm more entitled. Give to me and not to you. You ever heard that? Come on, turn on the TV for two minutes. Two seconds, and you'll see that. Guys, this just, no matter what era of history you live in, there's always going to be political divisions, you know, just a big fight over who's better. I'm better than you, just so they could try to use the king to get what they wanted for themselves. And that's what drives the whole argument. But this is basically, guys, this is just selfishness. They're looking at the king to see what they could get out of him for themselves. Selfishness. Okay, maybe you are more invested. Maybe you are more closely related. Maybe you have this and maybe you have that. But the very nature of the argument is that it showed division. That's the bigger problem here. 
Forget the details of who has what and all this other nonsense. The problem is you're fighting. That's the problem. That needs to stop. This is where the entire kingdom started to divide apart. And what we're going to end up with in the history future ahead is one kingdom in the north of Israel and another kingdom in the south where Jerusalem is, which would be the kingdom of Judah. And that's what political division does, guys. This selfish, my way first is our party is better than your party. My way's better than your way. I'm better than you, so I should get more. And it cuts a nation right straight in half. America, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. The rest of the world as well. I'm an American. I know what's going on in this country, and this is exactly what's driving it. Give to me first. Give to me. I'm better. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm better than you. And they will even go so far as to use their king to, I'll pray for you in Jesus' name, to get their way. Guys, this at its core is sinful, dead wrong. It's divisive. It cuts a country in half. And it did it to Israel. Now, why can't we look back all these thousands of years later and realize, hey, we're going to repeat the same thing. Let's get back in unity under the Lord. Stop looking at the king as who you can get something out of, but rather, what can I give? I think JFK said it well. Ask not what your country can do for you. What can you do for your country? Same thing. What can you do for your Lord? Not just what do I get out of him? But there's nothing new under the sun, is there? Now, for a minute, I want to focus on Shimei, and I want to use him as an illustration. He once cursed the king. He threw rocks at him and kicked up dust. Oh, you bloodthirsty evil man. God has given it to your son, Absalom. But once he realized that the king was coming back, uh uh-oh, the king's coming back. It scared him. It put fear in him. So when David returned, Shimei fell before David and begged forgiveness, and David actually granted it to him. Oh my gosh, guys, this is what's great about a covenant king. He offers forgiveness. He gave it to him, and he refused to have Shimei executed. He could have. He had a guy ready to do it. Let's kill him. He refused to have him executed. He says, you'll live. Now, this is the point where you would expect me to make this great gospel parallel, and it does, just if you keep it there, it, it does. That part, that part in itself makes a good gospel parallel picture about how Jesus forgives sinners. But Shemai's story actually goes farther than that. It goes further down the line. If you read ahead into Second Kings, Shemai actually persisted in his rebellion against David. He sounded convincing. Oh, my Lord, I'm here. I'm the first here. I want to welcome home, King. Looked right, didn't it? Sounded good. But what this means here, though, is that Shimei was not being honest when he asked David for forgiveness. He asked, and it was very convincing, and all the words were right. It sounded good, but he wasn't really meaning it, because later he just keeps on in his rebellion against David. It was a false profession just to try to trick the king into sparing him. That's all it was. King's coming back. Oh, I'm in trouble. Well, I better go act like I'm on his side. And he got down. Oh, please forgive me. Please forgive me. And the king says, okay. He actually offered it. David actually offered him to be spared. But Shemai's unrepentant heart proved his true character. It caused him to continually rebel against David until David told Solomon in the future, he was on his deathbed. He told Solomon and he said, and remember You have with you Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite from Bahurim, who called down bitter curses on me the day I went to Mahanaim. When he come down, 
to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword. But now, do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You will know what to do to him. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. Whoa. I wanted to see Shimei do well. I wanted to see him really get, get spared here, but it just wasn't in his heart. He just was not real. He wasn't being authentic. He wasn't being honest. So Shimei, he pretended to be loyal, but in his heart, he was not loyal at all. He was just saying the words, oh, here's what you should say, so I'll just say it, you know. And for his continual rebellion, Shimei was eventually condemned by the king because the king saw what he did. The king knew better. And to think that Shimei could have been forgiven, that's what gets me. He could have been spared. He could have been saved. He had it. It was offered, but he thought he could fool the king into sparing him. And he even called him Lord. He called him Lord. Did you see that? My Lord, the king. Oh, he called him all the right words. Oh, I'm good. No, his character proved who he really was. His continual rebellion led him straight to his own condemnation. I want to show you now. Do not miss this part. I need you to listen. Turn off the distractions. Listen to me here real closely. This ought to scare you. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, you see that? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Friends, if that verse don't scare you, there's something wrong with you. This verse literally scared me into getting saved for real to stop pretending, to stop with the false conversion nonsense, saying the right words. Okay, this is what everybody wants me to say. Ray, say this. Okay, I will. And there I said it. Okay, I look like a believer. Great. And I I wasn't because I hadn't changed. I was still doing the same old nonsense all the time. It was was just saying the words. Let me just say what my king wants to hear so I can get what I want out of him. That's the problem. Friends, King Jesus is coming back. And those who are truly loyal to the king for real, For real, they really want to see their king come back. They don't care about the self-gain of worldly treasures and the money and all the stuff. They just don't care. Just like Mephibosheth, their attitude, our attitude as a believer, my attitude is rather let them have it all. I don't need it. Oh, all this money, all this stuff. I, I, I don't need it. I don't care. Let everybody else have it. I don't care. All we believers want is to see our king return. That's all we want. I don't want to get rich. I probably won't. Not looking forward to it. Not trying to do it. I don't care about money. The believer that looks at his king, his covenant king, and says, Lord, forgive me, and never looks at him just for what I can get out of him, let him take it all. That's what we say. Just y'all can have it all. All I care about is that my king comes back again. Titus 2 and 13, the believer looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, that's what we're looking for. Oh, if you're if you're wasting your life trying to get that big dollar bill in the sky, and if Jesus never really crosses your mind, well, you know, he's back there in the back of my mind somewhere. That's a guy. Let me tell you, there's something not right. If every time you think of Jesus is, oh, Lord Jesus, give me this, and oh, Lord Jesus, give me that, 
Right now, while Jesus is away with the Father in heaven, the lawless are not giving of themselves to Jesus. They're not giving of their own pocket like Barzillai did for David. You know, we're commanded to give, right? When you go to church, I hope you give, because if you're not, you're breaking a commandment of God. Well, the church doesn't need my money. No, they don't. The problem is you need your money. Giving money at a church is an act of worship. It demonstrates, look, I don't depend on this. The Lord told me to give it, so I'm giving it. And yes, the church does use it. But it, for you, it is your act of worship. Are you not giving? Do you go to church and not give? You don't tithe? Well, I can't afford it, this, that, and the other. But you're there for what Jesus can give you? You're backwards, man. You need to turn back around the other way. The people who are looking for their Messiah, that's all we care about. We're like Barzillai. We give of ourselves to welcome the return. What we're doing is we're preparing for the return of the king. Unbelievers are too preoccupied with argument. I'm better than you. My group is better than your group. We're more entitled than you are. We're right. You're wrong. And their fierce hostility is dividing the nation apart. It divides groups apart. It divides friendships apart. It's divisive. They are not doing the will of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the division makers, okay? But when the day comes that they finally find themselves standing before the king of King Jesus, they are going to try to fool Jesus with a false profession just to manipulate Jesus. They're going to try to trick him into saving them after they had their entire lives to serve him, but they wouldn't do it. Like Shimei, their selfishness will only prove that they bowed to Jesus just to see what they could get out of him. Now, friend, right now, you have the chance today, from here on out, that's why I'm here telling you this, you've got the opportunity to be like Barzillai and use your possessions, use what you have, what the Lord gave you, it's really his in the first place, from your own pocket to serve King Jesus before he comes back. Before he comes back, Barzillai supported the king while he was gone. The whole time he was gone. Then when the king came back, he goes, Barzillai, you can come with me. Friend, if you're not supporting the king while he's gone, you're going to be in trouble when he gets back. King Jesus, before he comes back, you can serve him in order to prove your loyalty as authentic. Mephibosheth had the long whiskers and unkept. He's demonstrated proof. I have been looking for my king. Barzillai gave while the king was away, while he was away, all this before the king came back. I want to encourage you to be like Barzillai by remembering what King David said to him in verse 38. He said, cross over with me and stay with me and I will provide for you. Friend, are you concerned about how you're going to be provided for? How am I going to make that rent check? How am I going to get by this? Oh, I don't have enough money to get out of these things. I want to show you Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want you to notice this does not say, and my God shall supply most of your needs according to your own riches. It doesn't say that. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Friends, Barzillai gave, and so David offered to provide for him. So, how can we give to the Lord? That's a question. I want to get on board like Barzillai did. How do I do this? Okay, in your giftings, 
in our talents, your time, and of yourselves, and yes, even in your finances. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, there's other ways to give. You can keep all your money. You don't have to give it. You can do it in other ways. Don't fall for that. We're commanded to. That's what Barzillai did. And look what the king told him. You can come over with me. I'll provide for you. Isn't that good? But those who engage in the kind of trouble of division, those are the ones who pretend to be Jesus' friend. They say they are, but their lives prove that they're not. Believers should never, ever engage in all the political, the fighting, the I'm better than you, I should come first. All that divisiveness and selfish manipulation, you should not be doing that. If you're a true, honest believer, what you need to be doing is nothing else but looking for the king to come back. Friends, the king is coming back. The return of King Jesus. I want us to recall from chapter 15, back when David went out from Jerusalem, he sent the priests Zadok and Abiathar in to Jerusalem to be his representatives so that when he would return later, they could help his return. So remember that when David was about to return again, the elders were not making any effort to welcome him back. How come you're not asking me to come back? So David commanded his priests to speak up. He told him, you need to say something on my behalf because I'm coming. I'm coming back. You better start talking. He asked him, why do you say nothing about bringing back the king? Why are you the last ones to say anything? He wanted the priest to influence others to receive him before he got there. Friends, King Jesus is going to come back very, very soon. Very soon. And so he has sent us believers, his priests, into the world to be his royal representatives, and he expects us to speak up on his behalf. We have to be telling people the king is coming, and I want him to come back. I look for him to come back. We need to encourage others to receive him as king before he arrives. Don't say, well, I'll, get, I'll bow down and when, when he gets back like Shemai did. No, no, no. You need to be working now. Mephibosheth proved the whole time David was gone. It says from the time David left till the day he got back, Mephibosheth had proof. He was a genuine believer that his king was coming back and he looked for him to come back. Barzillai gave of himself for the king while he was gone. And friends, that is our king's commandment. We have to be helping others to receive the king, encourage them to receive him as king before he gets back. It is commanded. And you know, David didn't ask the elders permission if he can come back. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming back. Friends, we need to be proclaiming the king is coming. The king is coming. And with that, we need to prove our loyalty by being givers to the king just like Barzillai did. Barzillai loved King David, and so he gave of his wealth to prepare for the turn of the king. Friend, let me ask you, do you love Jesus? Well, of course I love Jesus. I said the prayer 50 years ago. Are you proving it? Well, how do I prove it? You give of yourself. You prove your loyalty by giving to your king. Well, you might be thinking, but I'm not rich. I'm not rich. I don't have anything. Actually, you are. You are very rich. You are rich. You are exceedingly rich with a spiritual currency, with spiritual money called faith. We are supposed to get out there and spend it. 
Spend it on everybody you know. Spend it on every decision. Spend your faith. Spend that spiritual currency in everything you do to prepare for the return of King Jesus. Amen? There's two good things that came from Barzillai's faithfulness. David told him, whatever you ask me, come on with me, man. Whatever you ask me, I will do it for you. Jesus said in John 14, 13, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It does not say whatever you ask in your own name, in your own selfishness, in your own agenda, in your own angle. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That's to glorify the Father. I want to be like Barzillai, don't you? I want to give of everything I've got to my king. I want to be a giver to my king while he's away because Barzillai was greatly rewarded when the king came back, Revelation 22 and 12, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. (laughs) Friends, the king is coming back. King Jesus is coming back and he commands us to speak on his behalf. He commands us to do it, to encourage others, to help others start looking for the return of Messiah Jesus. Isn't that good? Don't get caught up in the divisive arguments of our day today that says, well, I want this and I want that and I should have this and I'm better than you. Don't don't get caught up in that. That's foolish and divisive arguments. Don't let that have you. Don't let self-gain. Don't let money. Don't let that drive your ambition. Don't let it drive your vision, your momentum. Our desire should be like what Mephibosheth said. Rather, let them take it all. Let them have it. Let them have all of it. Inasmuch as my Lord the King has come back in peace, the King is coming back. Amen. Let me proclaim the name of Jesus as a representative of him here on this earth. Listen to me here, guys. This is very important. This is where I get to actually put into practice what I just said. So I'm actually getting to do what I just said. You know, people say, oh, pastors are all hypocrites. No, we're only hypocrites if we don't do what we say. So I'm about to do what we just said here. King Jesus is coming back. And you need to be ready for him. He's coming back. He's not going to take votes. He's not going to see if the majority approve. He's coming back. And you don't want to wait till he gets here to go fall down in front of him. What you can do is fall down in front of him now. Get down before your king and say this prayer with me. Father, I have sinned. I, I messed up. Please do not impute this iniquity upon me. Rather, Lord, I am here before you, my king. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for paying for me in that harsh penalty. You paid the penalty I was supposed to take. Forgive me and save me. And thank you, Lord, that you are a covenant king who loves to forgive because you desire peace and relationship with your people. I want that too, Lord God. Father, forgive me of my sins and save me. And I want to do for you everything you would have commanded me to do. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. There, I just proclaimed the return of the king. I spoke up on his behalf. Now you go do the same. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.